The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. We've got a great show for you tonight. Dr. Joe Gallenberger will be with us tonight. And we're going to be talking about psychokinesis and telekinesis, manifestation, energy healing, all ties together with uh, Dr. Gallenberger's work. I'm excited to have the conversation. One of the things that has been in the news recently that we need to address, and I'm going to try to bring a guest on tomorrow night in the first part of the program that can talk about this a little more professionally. But uh, um, as you know, the U.S. military has released three videos that have been longstanding sources of both excitement and controversy among the UFO community. And these videos show UFO, or as the military now calls them, UAP, for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Uh, They show them moving rapidly across the screen, and uh, the images were reported by infrared cameras from aircraft. And in the videos, uh, in fact, two two of them, uh, military personnel involved in the filming, commented on how rapidly and stunning these images were. And this release was uh, an effort by the military to clear up any misconceptions on whether this footage had been faked. The military says it's real. They say, yes, it's real, but they're not suggesting that this is going to uh, uh, mean that they're extra extraterrestrial in nature. One of the videos, uh, the object is moving in ways the observer couldn't explain, um, moving around like a ping pong ball, according to Navy pilot, retired Navy pilot David Frevor. He says that he could he uh, as he got close to it, it rapidly accelerated to the south and disappeared in less than two seconds. He went on to say it was extremely abrupt, like a ping pong ball bouncing off a wall. It would hit and it would go the other way. Defies physics, according to him. But astrophysicists say that there are potential explanations for what has shown up in these videos, including things like atmospheric effects simple reflections, or bugs in the computer code of the imaging and display systems of the fighter jets. So the UFO community obviously jumps to conspiracy discussions once we start hearing explanations like that. But either way, um, we're going to try to get somebody on tomorrow night that can talk about this a little bit more intelligently and get their take on it. Hopefully we'll be successful in do that, doing that. I know Eddie's working on it. Uh, don't forget to visit us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel there. There is, we're approaching 1,000 videos. 1,000. These are all interviews, guests throughout the last few years. It's a great time to, uh, or a great way, in fact, to catch up on some old shows, maybe revisit a show that you enjoyed. Or if you're new to the program, explore it, see what it's about, find a topic that interests you. There's certainly a wide variety of discussions uh, archived there for you, as they're archived as well on the podcast version of the show. And you can find... The podcast version on virtually all, I think basically all major platforms that distribute podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. It's it's very widely distributed. Please subscribe one way or another. We appreciate you doing that. By the way, thank you, Teresa, for uh, that uh, very generous super chat. I appreciate that. If you're wondering where the chat room is, that's part of our YouTube stream. It's very easy to find if you find the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and search for J.V. Johnson. Very, very easy to do that. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll have our guest for the night again. We're talking about telekinesis, psychokinesis, manifestation, and energy healing tonight on Beyond Reality. 
Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Joha. That's J-O-H-A-W. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're excited to have our guest tonight. Dr. Joe Gallenberger is going to be with us. He's a clinical psychologist. We're going to be talking about psychokinesis, telekinesis, manifestation, energy healing. He's got several books to his credit, including Inner Vegas, Creating Miracles, Abundance, and Health, Liquid Luck, The Good Fortune Handbook, and Heaven is for Healing, A Soul's Journey After Suicide. Dr. Gallenberger, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's great to have you with us tonight. Hi, good evening. How are you doing? I'm terrific, but I don't know if you notice. I'm losing my voice, so if I suddenly go silent during this discussion, you'll know it wasn't intentional. I don't know what's happening here, just suddenly. Um, But I guess the way to start our conversation here is to get a few definitions out of the way, because it's important uh, as we reference these terms to understand exactly what we're talking about. And my first question would be, we talk about telekinesis, we talk about psychokinesis. What is the difference between those two words? They're really, for most people, used interchangeably. And the uh, quick and dirty definition people usually use is affecting matter with your mind. I like uh, more that we... uh, are affecting physical matter reality with our energy. So for me, the mind sets intent like a steering wheel in a car sets direction, but the car goes nowhere without gas, right? And uh, for us, the energy we use is unconditional love is the highest energy we can use. So we push a lot of energy, and then we get things like uh, growing seeds in our hand. We've had root growth of two inches in two minutes, uh, bending metal, uh, lighting light bulbs with your energy. People have measured 400 volts off my hands uh, when we're doing that. Uh, throwing dice and patterns, affecting slot machines and things like that. Wow, and we're going to get into all of that. Um, but you've been a clinical psychologist for 30 years or so. Yes. And a therapist. What what came first for you, this interest in, in psychokinesis, or did that interest come as an offshoot of your work as a psychologist? It came kind of roundabout. I was working uh, as a standard psychologist, maybe mostly transpersonal, and looking for tools to help people. And one was a meditation tool, HemiSync, through Monroe Institute. And that basically, uh, feeding some signals over headphones, people can get into deep meditative states in 10 minutes or so. So that was useful for anxiety, depression. I went up to the Institute, and I've been a trainer up there as well at Monroe Institute now for 26 years. And up there, uh, in touch with all kinds of uh, connections spiritually, found that um, when energy was really high, you could do touch healing, energy healing, and also roll Dyson patterns, and that got me into the psychokinesis. Um, Then I went to Princeton University Labs, and learned that it's real and I can do it. And then I wanted to get a black belt in PK. So I went to Vegas to practice because we know the dice and the uh, slot statistics, and we know that it's uh, not a rigged game out there. So that's how I got in kind of the back door 
looking for tools to help people in therapy. And by the way, those tools are terrific for handling anxiety and things like that. As a um, basically a scientist, as as a as a PhD, as a doctor, you follow the scientific method with most of what you do. Uh, there are a lot of scientists that would be at odds with these ideas. You're clearly not. You see them as as being able to work together in in, in concert. Uh, how how do you how did you reconcile that in the beginning? Because you must have had a hint of skepticism as you approached it. At the beginning, I thought a lot of it might be bull, you know. Sure. Uh, but as I got in deeper, uh, and at this point, um, we have uh, evidence that um, things like psychokinesis, uh, uh, remote viewing, etc., are what we call six and seven sigma events. There, the analysis of the studies come in at a billion to one, trillion to one million to one, you know, and we do, uh, we put out a medication of 20 to one as being effective. So um, I did get, as I got deeper, seeing the politics in this are really weird. Uh, there's a book by Chris Carter, Science and Psychic Phenomena, Fall of the House of Skeptics, and he talks about um, this coalition with the religious right who believe this is of the devil, with atheists who don't want to believe anything besides or chemicals, and various groups combining together, and they really refuse to look at the data, but they have the ear of media and government. But anyone looking at the scientific data, I think, in an objective way, would have to come to the conclusion that this has been proven to be real. You know, when I think of some of the phenomena that you list and you referenced here, I think of people like Uri Geller and, and others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and there are those that would say, oh, these are just parlor tricks, and then there are those that say, no, this is something legitimate. Are the people like him practicing what you're talking about, or is that something different? Yes. Uh, you know, I did not know Yuri personally, but I knew several people around him who would testify that at least at times he was doing genuine. Um, maybe all the time, but most likely at least at times in laboratories with high-speed cameras of master magicians watching him, uh, um, you know, stripped to the waist so he couldn't put anything up his sleeve. Uh, but in the scientific literature studying PK, we usually use things, instead of metal bending or things like that, could, that could use sleight of hand or fakery. So they use a lot of random number generators that are making a decision a thousand times a second. And that should come out head, tail, flip, even 50-50. So like Princeton ran a study with 12.5 million trials and came out, I think, at uh, a million to one by chance. So we, those kind of things that are repeated in labs across the world under the same format, that's what the scientists like to study more than like my... Uh, my work at the dice table or slot machines or working with bending metal. But it is the same phenomena. It's just one thing is easier to control in a lab. You've mentioned energy a few times already in our discussion. Does this energy always always exist within us, or is it something we have to learn to manifest? Yes, I think it's um, there, at least for most of us. Um, my feeling it is natural, but that doesn't mean easy. Um, anything that would put you into ego or fear or self-consciousness would get in the way, including beliefs that it can't happen. 
So when they do studies, the people that ahead of time believe this is possible do much better. So my example I used, Debbie, would be sleep is natural, right? And yep. you get tired, you feel like I have the intention, yeah, I'd like to go to sleep. And then you forget about the intention and maybe fantasize about the next day and boom, you're asleep. But if I put you on TV and said I'll give you $20 million to fall asleep in the next half hour, <laughs> right. nobody would be able to do it because now you're efforting, you're self-conscious. And so that's why you get uh, negative results usually would be if the laboratory people don't believe in it, if uh, the subject is under pressure. Um, so God bless Yuri, he went on TV, uh, and I would never pretend to do that. But in, a, in laboratory settings, I also have a program up at Monroe Institute, where uh, University of Virginia has been studying us for years, and they're getting significant results with groups doing this. And at this point, I've done 99 InterVegas adventures where we do this at the dice tables and things. And so we got a good database. Uh, but you got to move out of ego into the heart, um, feel one with uh, your, what you're trying to work with, um, feel grounded, meaning connected to the here and now, numbers of things in place. And then we have a saying, PK is impossible till it's easy. Once you get things in place, it's like, whoa, that was, that was easy <laughs> because it is natural. So as you started to introduce yourself to these ideas and, and do some of your own experiments, at what point do the statistics become impressive to you? Um, you know, let's say, let's use coin flipping, for example, because it's 50-50. Yes. Does it, is it 51% that starts to impress you, or where do the numbers get impressive? No, um, it would be equivalent to flip, having the intention to flip a heads, and the data we get, we might, you might have flipped heads from 8 to 19 times in a row. Oh. So it gets pretty staggering when you get to the, you know, the million to one by chance type of thing. Um, when I first went to the laboratory, um, they had an experiment. So this is the first day I was doing it in the lab, and I got a result of 12.97 as a Z-score. 1.96 would mean it would happen once in 100 by chance, and then the scale goes exponential. Uh, the next experiment I tried there, I got 30,000 to 1 by chance. Um, so that, those got my attention. So for me, anything over, say, uh, for men, most things in science, it would be 100 to 1. But with PK or something that's kind of weird, unconventional, I look for 1,000 to 1 or better. As you started to um, practice this experiment with it and discover it for yourself, do you just walk in one day and start to focus, concentrate on these things, or are there some prerequisites you need? Well, the first time in, I was, um, without knowing it, kind of naturally set up to do well because I was on a grant to go to Princeton University involved taking a plane, big deal, get there. Um, and so for weeks I had been thinking about it. I had started meditating, uh, relaxing, um, um, and focusing on success. Um, and so I walked in primed. Uh, to do well because I was excited, yet uh, it was brand new to me, so my ego didn't know what to do. It had to just get out of the way, <laughs> uh, you know. 
and then found other people there very nice, which set me at ease. Uh, when we do, for example, the Vegas Adventure Workshops, we meditate for a day, um, raising our energy up, opening our hearts, uh, learning about the games so we're more comfortable, uh, talking about how to visualize our goals, and those kinds of things. So we do some preparation, but within a day or so of preparation, most people can do quite well. Is this whole idea, this whole discussion, another uh, way to say mind over matter? Is is that really what we're we're talking about in many ways? It, it is part. You you have to control your mind, and that's a toughie. Uh, I just read a book by. Uh, Mertz, he uh, was in those Princeton labs, Herb Mertz, the selection effect. And he would get to a place when he began to see results mount over a thousand to one, where he began to feel both fear of both failure and fear of success at the same moment. Because he feared a failure, because, you know, he didn't want that. And success would mean that your whole belief system kind of collapses about how you think the world works, how much power you have in the world. So um, you have to, he used mindfulness training as his way over that hump. So it is, um, the mind comes in strongly to set a very clear intent. And um, setting intent is challenging, you know, individually a little bit okay, but then like if I had a group of 18 when we could gather together and, you know, we say, let's order a pizza. It would take a half hour for a group to agree what to put on the pizza, right? Right. Uh, you know, so, but if everybody agrees the next thing we're going to roll on dice is nine and we're all on the same page, not just saying so, but genuinely so, then that intent is there. People ask about the lottery. Why don't, you know, why don't you win the million, multi-million dollar lottery? For PK, that's tough because... There's a million people thinking different numbers. Right. Um, after 9-11 in New York, in pick three, the number 9-1-1 came up more. Um, and so, you know, if a million people focused on the big lottery, all with the same numbers, they'd be more likely to come up, perhaps. So mine comes in, but as I mentioned before, uh, things like the uh, movie The Secret talk a lot about visualization of the mind over matter. But my personal experience indicates to me that you have to have the energy, which would be usually excitement, um, gratitude, feeling abundant, feeling joy, those expansive type of emotions. And then combined with the mind, that's when you get the most powerful results. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm really um, struck by how... uh simple but important that point you made was when when we talk about the example of the lottery you know because we'll have people on this program whether it's psychics or people uh, who have other types of abilities that kind of circle this idea and yeah. uh, frequently the question is well if, if they can do what they say they can do why don't they win the lottery but you're absolutely right you know if you're focusing on the numbers one five seven ten and fifteen there are millions of other people focusing on other numbers so yeah, you're, you're one person might need a new kidney and another person has an autistic child and somebody has you know all kinds of heavy motivation or uh, to win you know and uh, even karmically if you want to use that word it may be somebody else's turn to win but uh, 
So I would approach lotteries more in a remote viewing kind of way, deciding what will come up rather than try to force particular numbers, which is more of the PK idea. But on a slot machine, they have random number generators in there, and so you can set a goal of a Royal Flush in Arts, for example, and go down and hit it on the first pull. That's 40,000 to one by chance. Um, but um, we've seen it happen and happen pretty regularly. Does the um, phrase intention experiment relate to this as well? I've heard a lot about this where groups of people, and generally it's it's influenced by some type of media broadcast, whether it's a radio show or something else, trying to get everybody to focus on an outcome, sometimes steering a hurricane away from the coast, or, yes. or maybe uh-huh. trying to help with this COVID-19 outbreak. Is Is that part of this world too? I think it is. It's much harder to verify. So I've been... Um, in the 26 years going up to Monroe doing this program on manifesting and PK, several times there's been a strong drought in that area for months. And when we're up there, it rains, you know, and our intention was to help it rain. I've been with groups who had the intention for uh, hurricanes to steer off the coast, and they did seem to go in the desired direction. But it'd be very hard to prove in a science lab uh, but there's a lot of anecdotal data, and, and it is that same effect. Here it's, you know, a whole group. And, um, you know, we we do group healing, sending energy, say, to a corporation which was downsizing, everybody losing jobs, uh, some people committing suicide, you know, a company in terrible stress. And then after the um, energy was sent, things turned around. Uh, again, it's hard to measure statistically, but when you're in this for decades, you see too much of patterns like that to just dismiss it. Ken, have you done experiments where uh, you've got two people focusing on the same thing but, but taking opposite positions? And I don't know what an example of that might be, but kind of working against each other, is is there any evidence or a suggestion that certain people have more power than others and can make uh, can influence whatever the outcome is um, more uh, significantly than someone else might be able to? Sure. You do see what you're mentioning in a gaming environment. If we were at a roulette wheel, you might be voting black and I'm voting red. Yeah, okay? right. Um, odd, even, those kind of things. Um, in general, uh, the person who has a more coherent focus on their goal is not an ego and has high energy will overcome the negative. So my feeling in general, the negative is not as powerful as the positive. And if somebody tries to make it a yoga practice to be in the negative, it tends to be destructive to them, uh, to their health, etc. So the folks that I see who stick around long enough to get years of practice in this are usually voting uh, for a positive outcome. And uh, they could go to a table, say we had a table of grumpy people in Vegas, right? Um, A person could go there and just start with genuinely wishing these other people well, beginning the conversation, where you're from, changing the mood of the table to more positive. And then if they have a clear intent, and they may even put it out and say, I'm going to roll pairs, 
as the group sees them begin to do that, the group gets excited and kind of roots for them. So uh, one positive person can turn around a lot of negative people, if you will. And if it's mano mano, one person versus another, um, you know, if you and I were doing that red and black playfully, we could do it like we were playing tennis, you know, just good-natured, see who's stronger today. You mentioned slot machines a couple times as well. And then... um, you, you talked about uh, a, a poker outcome. I, I'm not that familiar with slot machines. Do they still have mechanical slot machines, or are you talking about uh, these computerized, uh, basically video games that uh, emulate a slot machine or a poker uh, video poker thing? Yeah, so they would be video poker or, or what have you, but now, you know, somewhere there probably is a mechanical, but almost all of them now inside have uh, what we'd call a pseudo-random number generator. It's picking a thousand decisions a second and um, of all the possible hands in poker. And um, and so it ha- is very much like that random number generator in the science lab. Um, uh, for example, I'll give you an experiment. At Princeton, they had two pictures, a kitty cat and a pyramid, and they say, okay, uh, when the computer picks a zero, it'll be a pixel from the pyramid picture. If it picks a one, uh, it'll pick a kitty cat pick, uh, pixel. And your job is to bring the kitty cat in real clearly. And that's the one I got 30,000 to one by chance uh, as the cat got clearer and clearer. Um, that same thing, if you strongly visualize in a slot machine a particular jackpot, it seems to be able to influence the random number generator in that direction. Um, the other game we play, we don't play regular poker out there much, but we play uh, the game of dice or craps uh, because the statistics there are very well known, and it's a great group energy game. And so that's why you know it's helpful in a workshop as a teaching device because uh, basically when you're at the table with a group and if you're coherent, in good joy, grounded, all those good things we mentioned, you get rewarded with with money within seconds. If you go to greed, fear, ego, the money gets withdrawn, you get punished. So it's almost like teaching the dog to sit. It's training you to live in a more enlightened way, if you will. Um, And the feedback's real quick. In real life, you could think negative for two weeks before you get a cold, or if you're looking for your soulmate, you might think positive for months but it might take even another month or so before that came in, and you can get discouraged and confused about whether you're having any effect, you know? So we looked for something where you could get clear feedback. I'm curious about the connection to attitude here, and yeah. you've mentioned heart and love and uh, and and joy. These are mm-hmm. words that you've used several times. Help me understand how this affects the outcome of, say, rolling dice. <clears throat> It does a few things. Um, one, it would get you out of your ego and that self-consciousness and all those things we mentioned that get in the way. Because with the ego comes all our training. Nothing good comes easy. No pain, no gain. Waiting for the other shoe to fall. I don't deserve it. Um, this is too weird. You know, this this constant chatter that puts limits on us. So by going into, say, thinking of a loving memory or a joyful memory, um, that tends to soften that whole ego operation. So that's number one. 
Number two, it generates energy, and I think this does take energy. Um, so people, when they have a, a 90-minute PK run at the dice table, where usually statistically people don't last more than 10 minutes, when they finish, they feel kind of fried. You know, they feel like they've moved as much energy as if they'd ran a marathon. So uh, I have a the book's Liquid Luck that you mentioned. There's a CD exercise called Liquid Luck as well that came out first. And in there we have people visualize a, a golden liquid a jar of golden liquid, and in that they put in happiness, feelings of abundance, feelings of gratitude, feelings of compassion, uh, feelings of uh, praise for the universe, and feelings of good fortune. And then when you want to have a lucky day, you imagine taking a drink. And we had people win lottos and sell houses in a day that had been on the market months, and engineers solve invention problems that had been on the table for three years with no solution. Uh, because of the power of those positive energies. Um, how it works exactly, um, I'm not sure, but I think it does connect us to other people, to spirit, gets us out of ego, and gives us the, uh, the oomph, the energy um, that as those dice are rolling in the air, uh, we influence how they land. Uh, there's a movie starring William H. Macy called The Cooler, and yeah. it's about a guy who is employed by a casino, and he is sent to a table that someone is having a streak of luck to try to uh, change that luck. He's portrayed as kind of a sad sack. He's you know he's depressed. He's got a really bad energy. Is this what we're talking about? That would be um, the thing you don't want to right, do. Right, right. That would be the opposite. And so, you know, many people, when they're wanting to manifest in their life, oh, God, I need a new job or I need my health to be better, they're in fear, their energy's low, uh, not because it's natural if you've been out of work a few months and you've got to feed your family or the doctor's giving you a grim, grim diagnosis. And so then we, we say fear is a prayer for what you do not want. They have energy, but it's not good energy. And and this is almost like a teeter-totter. If you have 90% fear and 10% desire for something, you'll tend to get what you don't want. If you go 50-50, not much happens. But if you get to a place of 80% clear intention desire and only 20% fear, it starts to come in maybe with glitches. As you get to 90% clear energy, and uh, only 10% or less fear, that's when things happen, you know, fast. PK happens easily. Manifestation happens easily. Don't forget to visit us on YouTube. Go to YouTube and search for J.V. Johnson. Very easy to find. Subscribe to the channel once you find it. We're also broadcasting live on Twitch now. My son tells me that's what I have to do. So we're doing that as well. I don't know. It seems like every time I turn around, there's a new social media platform or streaming platform available to us. We try to stay current. It's, it's a little bit difficult, but we do our best to do that. Also find us on Facebook. It's Beyond Reality Radio. And also look for my page, J.V. Johnson. Be great to have you uh, to like and follow both of those pages. Tonight we're talking about psychokinesis, manifestation, energy healing, telekinesis, with our guest, Dr. Joe Gallenberger. He's a clinical psychologist. His website is SyncCreation.com. I know we're going to talk about this in more detail, Joe, but what is SyncCreation? Uh, 
syncreation, the word sync, S-Y-N-C, comes from synchronizing and the hemisync, which is one of the uh, binaural beat meditation technologies that we use. And so I paired that word S-Y-N-C with the word creation because a lot of this is creating the reality that you would like. So that's where syncreation uh, came from. And syncreation itself refers to a extensive home study course that comes uh, with three personal coachings with me, a bunch of these meditations, CDs, brings you have dice and sp- uh, seeds and uh, and and things to play with uh, in terms of the PK. So it's our uh, premier uh, program. We have a lot of CDs with different titles, but that's the big home study course, Sync Creation. Let's talk about somebody who's new to the idea but wants to get involved. What's the path that they need to take to learn how to, I don't know if learn, learning how to do this per se is the right way to describe it, but certainly learn how to better their chances of positive outcomes? Yeah, so it's, some of it would be... Um, what their particular interest is. If they were interested in the healing energy, energy healing aspect, I would refer them to my CD, Healing Heart. Um, it's got uh, a lot of this fancy brainwave technology we mentioned to uh, get you, even if you're not a meditator, in the deep meditative state, and then um, directing ha- healing energy for yourself and others, healing into your full potential. That could be a sore knee, but it could also be uh, to be more affluent, whatever you'd like. So that would be for the energy healing. Uh, the whole manifesting area, this liquid luck book and CD combo that I mentioned, is a great way to start. The book's on Amazon. The book and CD both or download is on my website. And so 35-minute meditation, a real short book, and the person would probably have a real good taste of how this works. Uh, if you want to go deeper, the book Inner Vegas um, talks a lot about that scientific stuff we've been doing in labs, what we do out in Vegas, and gives people a lot of tips to begin. So those are some ways to get started. Let's talk about Vegas specifically for a bit, because sure. uh, I think Vegas is the um, probably the capital of uh, random outcomes, and those random outcomes tend to favor the house. <laughs> I yeah. found I found that out firsthand. Um, as you ventured into this world, when did Vegas become a target to try to test some of these ideas? Right after the working in the science lab, um, I really wanted to get a black belt in PK, and I wanted to practice. I couldn't keep going up to uh, Princeton University or things like that. So I looked around, and uh, my family had always played a lot of card games when we were kids. I can remember, you know, ten of us around the table, uh, grandma's cookies, uh, the smell wafting through the room, and you'd be four or five years old sitting on an adult's lap as they taught you a card game, and a lot of laughter, a lot of love. So I had a positive association to that. Um, I went out for five years on my own to see if this could be real and if I could do it, and um my motivation to succeed was when I was out there, if I succeeded, I could pay my office staff at home and things and keep my business going. So I'd go out once a month or so um, for about the five years and then began to wonder if I could teach it uh, because I did find that personally for me it was 
I was able to do it. It was, um, and it was very positive for me psychologically, spiritually. Um, and initially, I thought it was this PK around affecting the dice or slot machines, uh, discovering that that's the same energy as for healing and for manifesting what you want in your life was kind of serendipitous. And once I saw all three of those together, I thought this is where I really want to put my energy and attention. So I've been doing that for over 20 years. We have people wake up the second day of the Vegas Adventure Workshop pain-free from post-polio syndrome for the first time in 20 years, you know, reports like that. So it's been real exciting and satisfying, not just to uh, win a couple bucks at the table. Um, The money is great. It helps people pay attention, (laughs) and it gives you a good way of keeping score that you're not fooling yourself because at the end of the year, the casino could give you a computer printout of all the gaming activity you've done, and if you're still ahead, you've beaten those odds that you talked about that are in favor of the house, and you do that year upon year, it's good verification. If someone was to participate in in one of your excursions to Vegas, uh, does their motivation have to be be beyond more than just winning money? Yes, so... I, unless I know the person personally, I do an interview with everybody that would like to come. And um, I don't want somebody who's trying to make next house payment or make a killing because we're using small amounts of money mainly as feedback. So it, it attracts energy healers, massage therapists. It attracts people that are using risk a lot in their businesses like day traders, uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, that are wanting to learn how to risk more uh, consciously with less fear. Um, But everybody's interviewed first, um, and uh, they have to sign papers if they got there and all they were is not interested in group welfare, greedy, etc. You know, the, the papers they sign ahead of time say, I'm free to invite them to leave at any time. And you would invite them to leave if you saw what? If I saw that kind of greed, um, so they're thinking about their own self more than the welfare of the whole group. Um, it, definitely, if they had any kind of gaming problem being demonstrated, that's one of the questions we ask, of course. Um, but mainly that they're not getting into the spirit of this thing, which is to use the uh, casino games for a, a larger purpose. To, for greater self-understanding, for understanding how we influence reality. And so if they're just there to, uh, you know, make a buck, that's not what they're, we're there for. So if I understand how, how much of this, maybe even all of it works, and I apply it to a craps game, per se, mm-hmm. um, my odds of winning will increase as I have more people um, involved in uh, supporting the outcome I'm looking for, right? It's it's the the more volume here, as in people with the same intention, focusing on the same outcomes, will increase your odds. Yes, you're. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're right, and but I want to say something too. Okay, because um, one person can be highly powerful. If so, if you were playing at a game by yourself, quote against the casino, um, you know you could do very well. Um, when in PK experiments, the same one person, when you get two people together, it can be more than twice as good with a big, big if. They have to be 
100% coherent. And that's tough, as we mentioned back to the selecting a pizza. That's tough. So as a group gets to be 12, 14, 20, 1,000, um, there's more and more chance for that coherence to be a challenge to develop. Um, but, you know, sometimes we get that. Um, and there have been experiments where, say, you know, thousands and thousands of people pray in a city and the crime rate goes down, um, those kind of things. But it's that getting that coherence is, is, can be very challenging. We're just individuals. You know, we have uh, different ideas. If we all wanted to make our town a better tourist attraction, uh, you know, there'd be a hundred ideas if there's a hundred people. And we, and when you get to the point where you have to settle down to where you're going to apply your energy, the people whose ideas were not adopted have to get on board 100%. Um, so that's a longer answer than you probably wanted. But in general, you know, I love going myself, but it's even more fun to go with, uh, Two or three friends, you know, couple married couples together, um, things like that, and and it's just easier to keep the energy going because they're they're rooting for you, cheering you on. You can be successful for a while, and then another person can take over, and you can kind of work as a team. And much like in business and sports, uh, it can be really fun to be on a team if the team's winning, if you all get along. And you know, um, and uh, and teams can be kind of a hell if <laughs> if it's all politics and ego. So I don't want to jinx it for you here, but how is it that you haven't been banned from some of these casinos? Well, we um, started um, at the uh, Sahara, and we played there for a good while. Uh, and then eventually we were invited not to play, and we went over to um, Stardust and also invited not to play. Uh, eventually, um, we uh, somebody complained about the room, and the management looked at a record of the group, and everybody had won every session, and they just said, well, we're really not making any money off of you. But most casinos, there's good houses, bad houses. If you go to a bad casino even as an individual that they've never seen before, if you started winning heavily within a half hour, they'll start hassling you. They might mispay your bets, uh, be slow, um, not get you, a, let you get a drink, those kind of things. A good house likes winners. So in the places we've gone, they'll, they film us and things, and they see that part of the casino fills with more people because we're cheering and doing well, and we're betting small amounts. So they may say, Joe, your group took us for $40,000. we will make that up by the end of the afternoon because of the myth in Vegas is the table is hot. So after there was a real good time at a table, people play that table for two days right. trying to duplicate that. So they're not really worried about us because, uh, you know, MGM properties, they'll have $2 billion or more dollars on in their vault under the strip. And, you know, we're playing for $5. <laughs> right. So... so uh, you know they they don't really worry about the way we do things, um, but uh, you could go places where they would hassle you. But you can go to a good house, and um, we're also very generous. We um, I I thought 
wouldn't it be good if people around the world who we've never even meet would tangibly benefit from our good fortune to meet together? And so we started a blessing bucket in the corner of the room, totally anonymous. You could put chips in it or bucks or whatever. And over time, we've raised well over $100,000 in there for different charities. And some of them, one time we were out there and a woman dealer, her daughter was in a car accident and two kids died, I think, and her daughter's leg was crushed and one was amputated. And we raised $3,500 in the next time we got together there. Uh, and gave it to her, and she could stay home with her daughter and help care for her. And we sent good energy, and the daughter re- adjusted really well, ended up on Oprah, uh, talking about you know the dangers of uh, fast driving. And so we have a reputation with the crews and things of being very generous to them and tips and bringing in energy. Sometimes they even get kind of tearful and say, send some of that energy to us, because a lot of people in Vegas are you know into greed or fear, and when we go out and are positive, uh, it's like lighting a candle in the darkness. The crews and even the management really enjoy having us there. I've been in uh, at tables in Vegas, uh, blackjack tables, craps tables, that uh, either I'm winning, and that doesn't happen nearly enough, but or someone else is winning, and there's an energy at that table. Is mm-hmm. Am I sensing some of what we're talking about here? Yes. Yeah, you can... It's uh, very attractive. It uh, it feels good. Yeah. Uh, and it's it not only exciting, but, um, you know, it, it feels very special. That's one of the reasons I keep doing this is, um, you know, 100 times of being out there, I usually learn something every single time about my own self. And participating in that energy is like an energy bath or an energy spa. Let's talk about uh, another aspect of this. We've been talking about kind of affecting uh, outcomes of what would would generally be a random outcome and changing the randomness of it and actually trying to control the outcome. Uh, But what about things like bending metal? Uh, That's something that you've done as well. Is this the same type of focus required? Is it the same manipulation going on of of, uh, manipulating matter with a thought process? Um, Or is it something else? I would say all, let's take all PK as music. But the music that you might play to um, bend metal might be rock music, and the music you play for healing might be uh, the most beautiful symphony, okay? What do I mean? Uh, it, it feels like you're, the energy flows a little differently, but it's the same energy. Um, so at the dice table, it can be fun to be yelling and then cheering, etc. If I were doing a healing circle, usually, you know, it's very quiet, either total silence or very soft music in the background. For metal bending, um, the way there's kind of a yin and a yang way, most people are more successful initially to get into a large group and yell bend really loudly together like you would... Um, you see somebody, you know, yell in a tennis match or in karate chop uh, that you're focusing energy through the yell. And then there's a yin way where you sit down and uh, you sort of massage the metal. There was this big guy uh, in one of our groups no, having no luck uh, bending the tines of a fork until he thought about how much he loved his um, uh, Great Dane dog. 
and how the dog liked to be massaged between the pads of his feet. And he began the massage between the tines of the fork like that, and the fork got, you know, very uh, melty and bent for him easily. So there's uh, soft ways and, you know, more um, active ways to bend metal. And that energy be slightly different than when you're growing seeds. There you might connect with the energies of Mother Earth and life and and uh, ask permission and uh, you know but the the thing they all have in common from healing circles to metal to dice is you need to be in relationship with it you need to feel like it has consciousness um, even though it might be a plastic cube of a die um, it works better when you you imagine that as alive and conscious does that make any sense yeah it does and I want to talk about um, what I think helps people with that part of it and i know it's something that you're deeply involved with and that's meditation let's talk about meditation a little bit what you know we hear this word used a lot but what is it other than maybe not trying not to think about something i'm not even sure if that's an accurate uh description yes well in some of the traditional meditative things like tm that is true you end up trying to get a mind that is blank uh so if you're you're focusing on your breathing or what have you and if a random thought comes you would gently let that just pass away and bring yourself back to focusing on your breathing the meditations we do are more like guided visualizations where like i mentioned that idea of creating a vial of energy um filling with happiness and gratitude etc an abundance waterfall you imagine being in a waterfall of health cascading around you, um, um, uh, those kind of things. So the meditation structures we use, the first 10 minutes or so is to deeply, deeply relax and calm the mind and get the mind fairly blank. And then after that, to use that um, sense of peace, high energy but relaxed, to perhaps visualize what you'd like in your life, um, if you were doing a manifestation exercise, to visualize healing. If you were doing healing, to visualize PK. If you're going to be doing PK, so that's what we mean. And this technology stuff, we got 40 years now plus experience. Uh, Monroe Institute was big on that uh, under the term hemisync, uh, where people have, that have not had luck meditating can meditate easily, people that are meditators can often go more deeply. I was in one group with two Buddhist monks, I think they were in their mid-80s up in Monroe, and it was a five-day program. By day three, they came down and said, gosh, you Americans with your technology, you can get people places that it takes us 10, 20 years to get to. So it doesn't, meditation doesn't have to be a chore like it used to be or you know, going on a mountaintop or spending 10 years learning how to do it. Tonight we're talking about psychokinesis, telekinesis, manifestation, and energy healing with Dr. Joe Gallenberger. Uh, his website is SyncCreation.com. Sync is S-Y-N-C. Joe, let's talk about healing. How does this concept, these ideas, this process equate to becoming a healing energy? Okay, um, first I want to say that healing to me is often mysterious and sacred. Uh, I give an example. My mom uh, 
could do the New York Times crossword puzzle in ink. You know, she was uh, had a very brilliant mind. The one thing she want, didn't want to do was to move into uh, forgetfulness, and she did end up having Alzheimer's in, in a rest home. And uh, after she died, I kind of touched base with her and said, Mom, what was up with that? And she said, well, I couldn't figure a way to get rid of all my religious group guilt except just to forget everything. Plus, my your dad and I have been married 64 years, and I wanted to give him time to learn how to cook and clean and make new friends and get a life going before I left. If I had left suddenly, it would have been too much of a shock to him, and he had more to do on the planet here, etc. And by the end of that half-hour discussion, it looked like Alzheimer's was an elegant plan for her. Um, so we never really know what's going on fully. That said, now in the lab we've seen energy applied in very rigorous four-way double-blind experiments, things like uh, they can put bacteria in a vial, so they have 100 million bacteria in this vial and one in there, and an antibiotic they know will kill 97% of the bacteria in, say, a half hour, and then they'll have energy healers apply healing to the the uh, experimental vial, and those bacteria will survive much greater uh, than the ones where we weren't sending healing. Uh, they work with placental DNA, and they can see uh, effects in the DNA when you send um, uh, energy for healing for that. Um, so not just anecdotal that some people have you know been prayed for and and get better, but even at a level of uh, DNA and um, bacteria, we can see effects of applying this same kind of kinetic energy if with the intention for healing. But sometimes the headache doesn't go away because you're supposed to slow down. Uh, sometimes it will. Um, you know, so it's a, uh, a complicated and fascinating area, but more and more studies are being done showing it can be effective. Most powerful healers will say, mm, I'm effective maybe 60% of the time, and most about 80% of the time will know ahead of time whether when somebody requests healing, whether they'll be successful or not. Um, so um, I've seen um, some pretty cool things. Uh, one woman wrote a book about it, so I'm allowed to talk to about her. She uh, was really a saint. She had like 40 dogs and cats, strays that she took care of, and she was in her 70s and uh, had congestive heart failure and the flu and was really doing terribly, and we had a group send energy to her, and she didn't know when we'd do it, but at 11.45 on a particular day, she um, kind of heard a voice say, welcome, laid down, got up in two hours feeling super better, having had a dream that healers were working on her heart, and um, all her symptoms were gone. She had new energy, started a new book, and we had started at exactly that 11.45 time. So um, lots of um, times it seems to work very well. Uh, probably easier to do for someone else than yourself sometimes yeah. uh, because you have to get into the place where you love and care for yourself as much as you would another and out of ego about it. We've had energy healers on the program. They haven't described the process the way you've described it, but is it the same thing? Yeah, and, you know, I don't know any particular person you had, 
<clears throat> but um, there's a lot of um, systems. Barbara Brennan School is a four-year program to learn how to be an energy healer. <clears throat> a lot of people learn Reiki, Qigong healing. Um, what I see in common when I look at almost all of these, they have in common with PK, that it seems we wink out of normal reality and wink out of normal time, space, and to a place of getting in touch with something infinite and potential. So there's an intention to heal. There's a uh, detaching from regular reality, moving to somewhere else to affect this physical matter reality. And you can see it in many of the rituals. Um, Matrix Energetics has a two-point technique where you focus one place and then another. In tapping, you have an intention to heal, but then you, you know, tap along the body. Rapid eye movement desensitization, um, the person does things in front of your visual field. So there's an intention and then, and then a distraction so you can let go. It goes back to our example about sleep. You know, when you want to sleep, you intend to sleep, but then you got to let go of that intent mm-hmm. and just let it happen naturally. I think we have a lot of natural healing ability, but if I got, went to the doctor Friday and he says, you got a lump on your arm and Monday we're going to biopsy it, it's hard to let go, right. you know, uh, over the weekend. But I've seen people do that. Uh, one lady I'm thinking about at the moment that was didn't have any money at the time, and the doctor said, you need a root canal on Monday. And she spent the weekend praying and doing all her energy techniques. And when she went to the uh, endodontist um, for the root canal, he said, what are you here for? Everything was healed up. Um, so I don't know if that answers yeah. some of your question, but it's um, because we're living organisms, um, you know, we respond a lot of people are able to heal their dogs and cats because I think there's a lot more love and a lot less ego involved. Right, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. uh, one of our chatters asked a question that I'm going to pass on, and it's a couple parts to it. Um, sure. They want to know if you've ever experienced someone being able to stop someone else's bad energies with their positive energies, or have you seen somebody do something like change uh, m- uh, water into ice or maybe even lighting a match with their mind. Anything like that? On the the last part, um, no water into the ice, but I've seen people change the pH of water. Uh, so you can go to the store and, you know, drugstore and get a pH strip that turns different colors depending on the oh. pH. And with your intention of sending energy into the water, the change of pH, we've seen that quite often. Um, most people are able to put up a ball of energy around them, positive, with kind of, I surround myself with the white light of Christ or Buddha, or nothing but good can come to me or from me. Is verbal um, things about that, or imagining a beautiful ball of joy around you, or things like that. Um, and then deflect negative energy that might be coming toward them. Um, you can change anybody's mood, of course, by smile, consideration, um, you know, seeing them in their highest and finest. Um, and if they were saying, I have depression or anxiety, would you send me energy in an energy healing circle type of way uh, to those events you mentioned before the break, psychological events, if you will. Uh, we've seen people have some really nice benefits um, where they feel a, a real lifting of their mood. 
We have uh, uh, just a little bit of time left together. I want to talk about what's going on in the world today, this COVID-19 situation. I don't even know what to call it anymore, but it's certainly unprecedented for, at least in our lifetimes, we've never experienced anything like this. And I think the reaction to it is equally unparalleled. Uh, How can what we're talking about today have any relevance to this? I'm going to start with, from my PK work, what I came up with is my most important saying is fear is expensive, love is priceless, choose wisely. And I think we're in a very high fear situation, and I don't think that makes things better. Um, So ideally we would get our energy in unlimited quantity directly from source, God, however you define that, and fill ourselves with really positive energy. Uh, that we pay attention to our immune systems to really gear those up through good diet, exercise, joy, helping others, all the kinds of things we know help that. Uh, a CD I have a download called Ocean Heart develops, uh, is designed to develop an image of your heart as a vast ocean of both energy and compassion uh, and healing, and uh, that's a good antidote to the fears going on. Uh, so uh, it is a very challenging time. You know, my most of my job is doing workshops, and they're all postponed now. Um, and I have a place in my heart for all the dealers and waitresses and bellmen in Vegas. Um, and they're just, that town is pretty much dead in terms of that industry. Um, so it, we are social creatures, and this is affecting all of our vibes. Um, so we're worried. Um, so I'd really work on the fear part first. You know, uh, easier said than done, yes. but remembering that you're a spiritual being having a physical experience. Um, doing things like being in touch with the beauty of nature, uh, remembering things that you're grateful for. I did a weird exercise recommended to me on the Internet uh, called Immune Yoga, and one of the exercises is just list everything you've done right in the last year. And I said, what the heck? And I did it, and it made me feel good. So do things that make you feel good. Really cut down your time, you know, looking at regular media, uh, because uh, it'll make you sick. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it really will. And, and the same thing, and I know you're probably including it, but the social media stuff. Man, there's more aggravation that scrolls through the screen when you take yeah. a look at social media these days. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so you really have to be discerning that, uh, my wife and I now every afternoon are meditating at around 4 o'clock, and then after that our agreement's no politics, no talk about COVID for the rest of the day. Um, and so we, um, and, and that provides some relief rather than, than it being constant. Um, so we're resilient creatures. We're really strong, um, but um, we're not designed for a day upon day upon day barrage of fear. We're just not designed to handle that well. I want to talk about um, the, the the books that we've already referenced a couple times in a second here. Um, but before I do that, your newer your newest book, um, let's talk about that for a second. The title is Heaven is for Healing a Soul's Journey After Suicide. This is very personal for you. Yes. Uh, I actually got into all this manifestation work because my brother, about 25 years ago, committed suicide and he was... Um, intelligent, good-looking, very hardworking, honest, and couldn't get it together in life. 
and I realized you need to, that's not all sufficient. You also need to feel deserving of goodness and to be able to handle your fears. So that uh, put me on my life's work in this manifestation area. <clears throat> the book, because it affected me so much, his death, I wondered how he'd been doing in the last 20 years on the other side. So through um, a person I think is the world's best uh, channeler, through my own meditations and whatever, we honed in on all the amazing compassion and triage that is there for him when he died and what he's been doing and learning over there. And um, some big lessons is every experience is treasured and all experience leads to light. We have a culture that's so suicide so much in the shadow. You know, back uh, 100 years ago, they used to cut the body up and throw it into the alligators down in New Orleans so that demons could torture the person for all eternity rather than bury them in sacred ground. And in uh, Europe and in Roman times, they'd take the whole family's property, sometimes kill the family of the person who committed suicide. So in our culture, you know, I've been I've been on coast to coast, I don't know, eight, nine times, been on two or three hundred radio shows, JV, and, uh, and I'm well received as a guest. When this book came out, only about five of the shows would have me on to talk about this. Really? Because it is so buried in the United States. In Europe, they're having support systems for the people who survive, support systems so people don't commit suicide in the first place. But in the U.S., we just brush it under the rug. So it's one of my passions to many of the things like the home study course and these CDs are designed to trigger hope and to help people dig real deeply and to change patterns that have been negative sometimes for decades. Uh I find that interesting to hear you say that now, because um, one of the things I keep hearing um, in this discussion about the COVID situation and the fact that people aren't being allowed to work and are being told to stay home. And there's there's a mention of a, a spike in suicides because yeah. of this. And I often think, how is that possible? How would this drive somebody to commit suicide? But I think that's that's exactly what you're saying. We're not aware. We don't think of it in those terms. Therefore, it happens and we don't understand it. Yeah. And most people in our culture won't even say they're feeling that way because they're afraid their family would put them away somewhere or think they're crazy or weak. And so they're suffering alone, and then now they got extra, extra things on their plate, if you will. Mm -hmm. Some of the suicides now are post-traumatic in their health uh, providers uh, with what they're seeing. Um, and like my brother, you know, you go, how can you not see your value? <laughs> how can you not see how many people love you? But when you spiral into depression deep enough, you begin to feel you have no worth. And uh, you can get tired of even trying. Um, so um, please, if anybody's listening tonight, know there is a lot of hope and there are people that care. The National Suicide Hotline, I've called it a time or two just to see if it really works, you know, because it's a government program and the Department of Motor Vehicles and things don't work well. Every time I've called there, there's been a, a kind person on the phone instantly to be of help to you. So, um, uh, you know. Yeah. And from my brother's point of view, on the other side, these seems that things that seem agonizing for that go on for years are like a blink of the eye over there. And um, he wishes now that he could have had a different perspective. He would have stayed here. Well, 
Um, let's shift gears here and go back to the other books. Um, you kind of touched on it in the in an earlier answer to an earlier question, but if somebody was starting out and really just wanted to become familiar and try to you know take take the uh, ABCs of this, how would you walk them through your books? How where where should they start? And where should they continue? Yeah, and so if they're more experience oriented, I want to see this work in my life. I would I'd recommend Liquid Luck. The Good Fortune Handbook, and it's on Amazon and on my site. And in fact, uh, if you just uh, Google Liquid Luck book, it'll come up right away. Uh, and my whole website will come up. It's the word sync creation's been tough. If you're more interested in the um, in the science behind it and the adventure story of learning about PK and doing it in Vegas, then Inner Vegas would be a better choice. But uh, Liquid Luck is a great place to start to get a taste of this. And you've mentioned your website. I've mentioned it a couple times, but that's the best place for people to go to kind of see the all-encompassing information about your work, right? Yes. Yep. That'll take you there and across the top of the workshops. And there's a lot of free tips in there on energy healing, PK, uh, a lot of articles free there to help in times like covid um, so, you know, there's resources there that won't cost you anything as well. Joe, thank you so much for being here tonight. It's been a really interesting and very informative discussion. I appreciate your time, and I hope you'll agree to come back another time. Well, thanks, JV. I've enjoyed it a lot. I hope it, uh, other folks have enjoyed it, too. I hope you have a great week. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.